Welcome to the GAIN Service Academy Admission Podcast. In these episodes, we will explore all things related to gaining a coveted appointment to the Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, and West Point. And here are your hosts, Rob Kirkland and Trish Penroth. All right, everyone, welcome to the podcast here today. We got a special guest, uh, Colonel Retired Lee Reynolds, who was uh, the uh, commander of uh, Armed Forces uh, Network in Baghdad, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as uh, worked with the uh, detention center in Guantanamo Bay as the the media representative there, and has uh, a distinguished uh, career in the Army that has really uh, spanned from the initial field uh, initial time as a field artilleryman to uh, the latter part of his career when he was really working in Army public affairs. And uh, I really can't think of a better guy to talk about, uh, you know, interviewing, you know, interviewing service academy interviews as well as getting ready for congressional interviews than uh, Colonel Reynolds. And so, uh, you know, the purpose of this podcast here today is to talk to Colonel Reynolds, we'll call him Lee, uh, for um, just to kind of get his impression because both him and I uh, have uh, been working with candidates all through the fall here, uh, both ROTC, but all, but in the case of this podcast, Service Academy uh, applicants, uh, and also to get ready for their congressional uh, interviews. And so um, why I wanted to kick off first is just uh, first of all, I want to welcome you, Lee, uh, to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Good to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And Trish, you're here. So I wanted, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to uh, you know, of course, introduce you too. And I know you'll have, you know, some interesting questions for Lee. And then the other thing I want you to make sure you do, Trish, in this podcast uh, is to tell about your story when you were interviewing uh, in in uh, Ohio, when you were okay. your congressional interview, when you have a chance, please don't forget before we close out this podcast to I tell, tell that story. About my embarrassing okay. story. <laughs> your embarrassing story. Well, those are but, always actually, fun. <laughs> but you still got your you still got the principal nomination, even That's though true. you said true. that. So it shows you that even if you maybe have a embarrassing moment, you can still you mm-hmm. know succeed and do very well. So <laughs> so uh, so Lee, what's uh, g- give us your observations here. I mean, what, 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 you know, people listening to this podcast, what, Mm -hmm. what are the big, big things that they, you know, that you're observing, you know, from working with, working with our clients and, and advice or tips you might give them, not just on a video, uh, -hmm. you know, preparation for video interviews, but, you know, as we move forward here, when we go back in in person and what are you seeing? Well, uh, first of all, most of these, uh, these young men and women have never done interviews like this before. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, even for a job that they might have had, they've never had to sit before for an interview. And, you know, these people come from different backgrounds, public school, private schools, and nobody has trained them to do this type of a thing. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, but what I'm really noticing is, um, I mean, you can tell that they've never been trained in it because they come very unprepared. Um, they don't know what to expect. And I, I have to explain to them that the interview, um, whether it's in person or on video is of course, it's your initial handshake, uh, with the military and they're looking for a lot of things. It's not just going in there to answer questions there from the moment you walk in there, 
uh, they're examining you. And they're just not prepared for that. They think they could just come in and a- answer the questions, maybe give the minimal answer and, and go out. So I, I would say the big thing that I've noticed is when they're asked a question, they just don't answer. They don't answer in complete sentences. Uh, they don't give a lot of information. Some of that is probably because they're nervous. Uh, and, and I think other times it's just that they don't realize that the importance of giving full, complete answers that really show off your, your talent or who, who you are. And let me give you an example. One of the most basic things is if they're asked a question, for instance, like, tell me about yourself, they may answer, well, I like sports and science. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. And, and so, okay, you know, okay, that's a starting point. Now let's go a little <laughs> bit more into detail. You know, I'm, um, I, I love sports. I'm really into baseball and cross country. I play uh, both of these. You know, I've played them throughout my entire uh, junior high school, high school years. And uh, I love science, everything about science. You know, I've won awards in science. Um, I, you know, I, I get A's in science. But you see, that, that type of thing, paint a better picture of yourself. Give more complete answers. Give them you know, so that because, you know, I've been on the other side of this. I've been the interviewer. And um, I, I, then I, it's like having to cherry pick. You know, well, well, okay. Tell me, what kind of sport do you play, or or what is it about science that you like? So, practicing these types of answers, or if you're given something that you know a question out of left field that you weren't prepared for, at least you know, and now you, you have the experience to answer in a more complete question. I think that's that, really the biggest thing. That almost sounds like having an elevator pitch for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I work with them on. In fact, you know, I tell them uh, two things and, and whether it's, it's in-person interviews or if it's on the video that you need to have an opening statement and a closing statement. And it, it's not as tough as it may sound to people. It's just, hello, you know, uh, my, my name is Lee Reynolds and I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here and uh, uh, to do this interview. Uh, very excited about this. You know, my goal is to really, you know, to be a, a Navy officer or an, or an Army officer and look them in the eyes during that whole time frame. That's your your handshake, uh, you know, your, your virtual handshake, um, but it, it it's it's so important. It kind of sets the tone. You know, I, I, I've, I've been in Army public affairs for over 20 years now, and one of the things when I'm teaching how to deal with the media is, just because they're the ones asking the questions, um, it doesn't mean they have to control the interview. You, as the interviewee, can also help to control the interview. And this elevator pitch, as you call it, or this opening comment and closing comment, are ways to help do that. Yeah, that's a great mindset, Lee. I mean, it's 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 that kind of thing where you control the interview and. Uh, I mean, them being, you know, the age that they are, you know, 17 years old to get, you know, and being interviewed by, you know, people with gray in their hair. I mean, that's difficult for a, for a young person to convince them that they're, they're actually in control of that interview. Right. And, and so, you know, I'm not getting in in a, in just to two, three session, one hour sessions with them. There's no way I'm going to be able to change 
change them completely. And um, but by answering complete sentences, giving as much detail as as you need to without really getting um, too long, also, but giving that opening and closing statements important. Um, and uh, I, I think I, I think they get that. I think by the, by the end of the third session, they um, er, er, everyone has has done their homework. You know, these um, I, I, I've said before that after doing so many of these interviews in the last couple of years, I have so much more hope for our our nation now in the future. Oh, uh, these are quality here. No, no, it is. It's quality young men and women, and uh, you know by people stepping up and uh, getting this service that, that, that Rod provides that I'm, I'm so grateful to be a part of. Um, I mean, that's step one that shows that it's important to them. But one of the things that I, I have been um, inspired by is, is seeing that these young men and women um, with the guidance that I give them from session one to session three, they usually get a little bit of homework. And, but they have been working on it and they have steadily been improving. And it's just, it, 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 for me, it's, it's great to see. Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, when you talk about the, uh, you know, about being able to talk about themselves, I think, you know, it, at least I know you and I both emphasize this is, is being able to tell a story about, yes. uh, about things. In other words, you know, just, you know, so a typical question, you know, you might get is, uh, you know, in a lot of these interviews is, you know, uh, tell me about a time, you know, where you had a complex problem mm-hmm. to accomplish, uh, you know, where you had to utilize other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about that and the steps that you took and the detail that you went into. It's kind of unnatural for most people to be able to sit there and, and say, oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. These are these wonderful things that I do, um, which I think feeds into the fact that they don't. Uh, initially give full complete sentences. So I have to pull it out of them initially, especially in our first session and find out if they say they're doing sports, okay, what kind of sports, what are you doing? What did you do on that team? And, uh, you, uh, you know, what did you learn from that? And then I help them work those uh, into their answers. But, but what, one of the things that, that Rob brought up that was, I, I think he's just right sure. on target is, um, I, I try to convince them that when when you, your approach should be that you're telling a story. Somebody's asking you a question, but you respond with a short story. And you know what? That that's disarming to them. It's great. It makes them feel more comfortable. It's like, Absolutely. oh yeah, I I can tell a story. <laughs> so it, so really, it's it's they have it all in them. I'm just coaching them to bring these things out of them. And, um, you know, and, and, and to help guide them not through the storytelling. But there's a lot more. And I, I think some of the other key issues that I've noticed o- over the last couple of years is um, it's, it's not just their oral communication skills, but it's their visual communication skills. What, what is their poise? How are they sitting in their chair? One, one of the big things that, you know, we've had to change usually on the first day or the first session is um, – a lot of folks sit in swivels chairs, and so as the interview is going on, they're swiveling. So that's a big one. Or, or they're they're sitting back. Their mm-hmm. their poise is you know just not very good, or they fidget. Their eye contact. Um, an in person interview, 
it's, I think it's a little bit easier to do the eye contact, but when it's on video, we have that tendency to look down at the screen at the person there, but we're not really making eye contact. We're looking down. That's what the person on the other side of the camera is seeing. So I'm, I'm trying to train them also to mm. speak directly to the camera. You know, we coach them to put, if they, if they need any notes, to put some stickies around their computer. Would you recommend uh, recording yourself as a candidate so that way you can see oh, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the way you look? Yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, uh, our sessions uh, can be recorded and then uh, they get the link and they can watch them over again. So that's a great, oh, that's uh, great. A great idea. Not, I don't think every one of them uh, takes us up on that, but they certainly, uh, that is certainly an option for them. Um, it can be painful, but oh, I yeah. think it pays dividends. It, it, it definitely does. In fact, when I speak in public, I, I always make sure it's recorded and, and I watch it back and, I'm, and I cringe still to this day after 20 <laughs> plus years uh, at times, but I, I improve from that. And uh, I think that's important. Well, the, the other thing, the common mistake that a lot of these folks make when they start out is they just don't have a professional demeanor as well. Um, we, we, so we often have to talk about how are they going to dress? You know, you know, I remind them of that old adage, don't dress for the job that you have, dress for the job that you want. And an and officer, you know, the, the military is a profession of arms. So it's, it's a profession. Dress as if you're a professional. So they, they'll, they'll be in a dress shirt or um, a, a jacket as well. And so that's one thing. It's how they dress. It's what's behind them too. Uh, is, is the room that they're in or what we can see on the camera, is, that, um, is it appropriate? Does it look professional? Is it clean? Is it organized? Because all of that says something about the person. If it's messy, it says that that person doesn't really care. Um, but if it looks good, it sets a positive tone. And one of the things I always work with them on is, okay, remember, these are teenagers. And so it's, uh, um, it's yeah, uh-huh. And so I work with them to try to get them away from that. At the beginning of each question, for instance, if they say a question like, um, uh, can you tell me about uh, a, a time where you, you served as a formal leader? Sir, uh, yes, or yes, sir, I can. Or, or, or yes, sir, uh, my time as a former leader was when I was working on my Eagle Scout project. So to, to begin each answer in a, in a very, if you want, mature or, or professional way, uh, and, and that goes a long way for them um, with the person that's interviewing them. Yeah, no, that's rightly. I mean, it's it's uh, that's one of the things I have to oftentimes uh, work with the candidates on is uh, this, you know, is being able to say sir uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning or ma'am, uh, whoever is, you know, and I think uh, I made that mistake, I think, early in my uh, in my preparation a couple of years ago. And I had uh, definitely uh, had, uh, you know, people um you know, talk to, you know, and then they would, then the person who I was interviewing him, I got some feedback from that person. They told me, well, you know, he didn't uh, say any, uh, sir. And then, mm-hmm. so, you know, it wasn't, didn't make a positive impression on me. Right. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And well, look, I mean, uh, Rob, you and I both re- retired uh, senior officers in, in the army and the people that are going to be interviewing uh, these uh, these p- potential cadets are at, at least mid-level officers, if not senior officers. And so we're used to hearing the yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And although we understand that this is still a civilian, it, it's such a positive thing. You know, growing up, I, if I didn't do yes sir or yes ma'am for the, from the time I was five or six, my, my father got on my case. And so it was just always instinctive. And I think I noticed a difference in that just all my life by just being that, you know, courteous. Right. And, and, and it, it made a difference. People just thought a, a lot more about you. And here's the other thing I try to emphasize with them is that they're competing for amazing scholarships and, you know, maybe there's a thousand scholarships available each year, but there's there's five or six thousand people competing for them or or whatever. But it's 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 probably four or five times the amount that they can actually give out, whether it's a scholarship or or it's an academy um, opportunity. So it, when you get quality young men and women who are all going up before these boards for these in- interviews and you know, they're, they're all straight A students. They've all got, uh, athletics behind them. Uh, they've got some leadership behind them. Well, now what is it that's going to set you apart from everybody else? And it's these little things that the interviewer is going to pick up on and, uh, and say, well, you know, this young man or this young woman was just that much more professional. They answered the questions a little bit more thoroughly. They did their homework. They were well-prepared. So when everything else is equal, those few little things is going to push you over the top. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's uh, it's those little things. I think that's going to uh, make a difference. The enthusiasm, the mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Uh, working with a candidate who you know I believe got uh, the principal nomination of. Uh, because of the ability to be able to show that kind of enthusiasm mm-hmm. and be able to give a good interview and things like that. So I think right. that's important. I, I guess, um, you know, what, what do you do, Lee, as far as, uh, as far as getting them to, uh, you know, knowledge of the military? Because you know that one of the questions you're mm-hmm. definitely going to get in the service academy question is, you know, why do you want to attend West Point or why do you want to, right. you know, uh, Annapolis, and what do you know about the Navy, uh, or what do you know about the Army, or what do you know about the Marine Corps, or, mm-hmm. or whatever? And so, uh, what are some of the techniques you use to kind of get get at that? Well, and 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 that's I, I think it's important for that to come out in, in the interview. So, one of the first things that I do ask them is what's what is your family's background in the military. And I would say about, you know, they say about 70% of those who are serving in the military come from, I call them legacy, you know, military legacy families. Um, and I'm, I'm noticing about the same trend with those that I'm actually interviewing now. So if they do have people who have served, then uh, we talk about that. Who was it? And what, what is it about their service or their stories that inspired you? So I'm asking them a lot of questions about that, and they're, you know, they're telling me what inspired them. Um, you know, my if it wasn't the, uh, a parent, it was a grandparent. 
And, you know, I love hearing the grandpa's stories about when he was in Korea and, um, and then Vietnam and, and how much he loved the service uh, and the feeling of belonging, of, of doing something um, for the country and something that's greater than yourself. And that always inspired me. Um, so I get them to answer these questions and then we, we use their answers. We turn them back around and, and we use them to make sure that they include those in answers later because it's, it's important for the interviewer to hear these things about their inspiration. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is, you know, getting that inspiration is one thing, but firsthand knowledge is, is just as important, if not more. So, um, you know, we talk to them about, have you, do you know anyone right now currently serving or have you visited a, um, a military base or a military academy? Um, have you made contact with them? Have you gone online and done the research? And, um, in most, in most cases, they have, but if they haven't, that's their homework for that first week is uh, get online, do your research uh, about this academy, about this military branch that you're interested in, find out about the jobs that they're doing, um, and call up. If, if there's a local military base, see if you can get in there and meet with those people. Talk to the recruiters, talk to the ROTC folks, talk to academy representatives and get a better feel for it and um, try to get out there and, uh, and on a military base, whether it's an active base or a reserve or a guard base, and interact with people, spend a day with them. I, you know, I've helped some people do these, and I, you know, I, I know you have too, Rob, but I, I haven't asked someone to help out and, and show a kid around uh, and, and had anybody say no. You know, they're all open to it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, excuse me, that's the reality of it is that, is that, you know, what I'll see oftentimes, and I think, you know, you'd agree with me, uh, Lee, is that, um, is that what you see is that, you know, if you ask them, well, tell me about, you know, when you did your Eagle Scout project or tell mm -hmm. me, you know, when you, you know, that story that you told me last week about <clears throat> leading the track team or something like that mm -hmm. or you know, when you were the class president and had to, you know, had to, had to uh, organize the senior prom or the junior prom, they can right. go on for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Talking about that. But, you know, when you ask them about, you know, about the army or, you know, they, they are talking theoreticals. And so that yeah. ability to kind of be able to have them talk to somebody or have them go out and experience something mm -hmm. allows them to kind of have that you know, not theoretical situation, but an actual hands-on, you know, yeah. real experience that allows them to be able to kind of what we talked about earlier, kind of tell those stories. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to tell those stories. And, but it also shows the interviewer that, gosh, darn it, you're really serious. You know, this, this young man or young woman is, is really making a special effort uh, to, uh, to find out about the military and, um, after doing all that research and going out there and seeing how people uh, work and, and live, they still want to do this. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's not a mystery. It's for them. It's like, yeah, this is what I want to do for my, uh, for my life, for my career. Um, and uh, I, I know when I was an interviewer, I, I was more impressed with that you know, other than the people that said, oh, yeah, you know, hi, I, I play games. Um, 
you know, um, some of those games that are the military, and I like that. So can I can I be a drone pilot? I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but. But uh, but like I said earlier on, is that I'm just really really impressed and inspired by the quality of these young men and women. Um, but you know they don't know what they don't know. So uh, through the coaching that you provide and and that I'm able to provide, I think it opens up a lot more for them and it makes them just just better quality candidates and much more competitive uh, for the limited slots that there are. Yeah, and there are. And, um, you know, I think um, one of the things that kind of struck me about this uh, uh, one candidate who kind of got that principal nomination recently mm-hmm. is um, that uh, in in, the, in her background, you know, in the background of her video, she had like, you know, an Air Force Academy or Air Force flag, mm-hmm. uh, several, you know, like books that had like, you know, mm-hmm. the Air Force. And, uh, you know, granted, I mean, that's I didn't think about that sort of before that, but she, you know, had clearly sort of set up the environment um, Mm -hmm. that showed this kind of enthusiasm that uh, I thought was, was maybe was what pushed her over the top versus Mm -hmm. say another candidate who might've been in just a plain background is this, this shows that, you know, that this is a person who has been dreaming about going to, you know, the air force Academy or, Mm -hmm. you know, wherever that is. And I think that that's, that just sends that signal. I mean, really, I mean, I think, you know, that I think these uh, these interviewers know that they're 17 year olds. I mean, they, yeah. they know that they're not, you know, 25, 26 mm-hmm. year olds or whatever, you know, grizzled, yeah. you know, people. But on the other hand, you know, they, what they want to see is they want to see that youthful enthusiasm. They want to yeah. see, you know, the, the excitement. Uh, I kind of the analogy I give is like I would run through a brick wall to be a army officer and go to West Point mm-hmm. or something like that. And, right. and, you know, and I think, you know, the more kind of enthusiasm, smiling, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you see this sometimes they're so serious and you yeah. got to just loosen them up a little bit, bit yep. because <clears throat> I think the more, um, you know, the more loose you are smiling, the more that you're just, you know, happy and, 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 you know, and just excited, I think the better off you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, and I, and I go through the same thing with them, especially in that first interview where they are very nervous. And, um, and I think you're familiar with the book. One of my favorite books, and I recommend to people all the time is the Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. And, you know, one of the things in that book is that, you know, what's, what's everybody, no matter who you are, what's everyone's favorite topic? And it's usually themselves. <laughs> so, um, so that's one of the ways that, that I'm able to get them out of that, that, uh, that nervous bubble that they start out in is um, when I start um, giving them a, a lot of questions. Well, all right, well, well, you say you like sports. What sports do you like? Oh, really? Well, tell me about a situation you did. And this is really just trying to break the ice. But then this is when they, they just let go and they mm-hmm. talk. And I, and I tell them, oh, look at that smile now. See that? You're smiling. This is what we need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. that loosening up. And I've told uh, many of them that before the interview, you know what? Sit down in front of the camera, in, in front of your computer before you, know, you log in and tell yourself that fun story again just to set, set the stage for it before you get on there. And so you're, maybe you're, you won't be as nervous and, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a warm up trick for them. But, uh, um, 
I think it works. Yeah, it does. I think the more smiling they can do, the more, um, you know, enthusiasm, the more stories, the more the ability to use your hands in order to be able to kind of make a point, you know, just not, not overuse of hands, but you know, one where you show that kind of enthusiasm, I think Mm -hmm. is just, you know, uh, I think just sets you apart and, you know, your ability to be able to kind of be loose like that. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as the, um, as far as what we're seeing with the congressional nominations, I always, I, I think this is maybe a little different than being uh, with a, you know, it being interviewed yeah. by an officer. So, for example, right. you know, what we're concentrating on in this in this podcast is mm-hmm. obviously we have the, you know, each service academy does its own interviews. For example, West Point has a field force interview with a person in the local area. The Naval Academy's blue and gold officer, and then the Air Force uses. Uh, ALOs or Army Liaison Officers to kind of give those kind of local interviews to candidates. But then this, that same candidate for the academies needs to go through a uh, nominating committee often made up of people that congressmen, that mm-hmm. congressmen uh, appoint uh, right. to their staff. Yeah. And some of them are officers, but some of them aren't. And, mm-hmm. you know, what right. I mean, what are some of the other, you know, questions uh, that you've kind of prepped them for that might be uh, maybe uh, unique or somewhat different for, say, a, a mixed civilian military congressional nominating uh, uh, committee? Yeah, well, um, it, one of them is uh, um, current affairs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, what What do you know about current affairs? You know, um, tell me about what you think are the top two or three uh, military or, or national security challenges that uh, that the United States is facing right now. And I, and I tell them, I said, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're a STEM guy um, or, uh, or a social science guy or, or, or you know, computer whiz, um, you're going to potentially be a military officer. And um, I, I want to see that that you have an interest in you know a general knowledge, and especially interest <laughs> about the the kind of profession, the kind of things that you're going to be working in. So tell me about national security. Right. But when they answer their questions, you know, I said you know make sure there's a lot of different places that you can go online to find this information. I am happy to see that a lot of them have a general knowledge. But I tell them, well, you know, if if you're if you're applying for the Air Force, let's say, you you probably want to learn what are the challenges facing the Air Force, uh, the national security challenges that affect the Air Force. Um, if it's the Navy, you know, what are the what are the Navy challenges? Um, what if it's the Army? What are the challenges that maybe the Army is more closely related to? Now there may be some overlap in those, but. Um, but but have a wider knowledge of the world around you and an understanding of the world you're about to get into. I right. That's I mean, really important. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like there's things like the um, <clears throat> the national security strategy of the United States. Mm-hmm. The last one was published in 2017. Mm-hmm. You've got um, the national defense strategy. Right. You know, and things like that, that um, I think that are worth are public. reading. Yeah, it's public knowledge. <laughs> you just have to go into them, read them. Um, or do your own assessment. You know, a, a, a couple of these uh, these folks have done their own assessments, and I'm very um, very impressed by that. 
You know, I, yeah. I, I read in the news and, and, you know, when I ask them, okay, where did you get this information? And it's like, well, I read foreign affairs magazine. You know, I go online and I read the wall street journal, the New York times, or, um, uh, watch the BBC to get the world news. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I, 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 I like that. You're, you're, you're really looking at multiple sources from, you know, different points of view. And that's, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't think so, I read the B. I don't think I listened to the BBC when I was their age. No, but I think it's, you know, with technology today, it's a lot easier to do that. Yeah. I think I read mad magazine when I was. I just looked at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, definitely national security, you know, uh, current events is going to be, uh, is going to be, I think, I think that's the number one thing. I think that's maybe different, uh, for the congressional Mm -hmm. is that kind of thing is the, you know, is the, uh, uh, you know, is the current events, um, you know, what does the military, uh, you know, involved with that, you know, it may, may concern you. Now it may, it may be like a question that, um, a civilian uh, questioner, you know, might give you that, you know, it's not necessarily maybe steeped in military, uh, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it's, and that's what I explained to them as I'm you know, as going along and a- asking them questions is that um, all the questions, you know, g- goes off on, on, on different tangents. It's it, finding out about you, finding about um, what your leadership experience is, talking about diversity, talking about working with different uh, types of people. I think that's one too, that, uh, especially in today's environment that I think uh, the Academy or the congressional interviews would be interested in is, um, you know, uh, working, being able to work uh, with a diverse group of people, culturally, ethnically, religiously, and um, not having that bother you at all. Um, and, And asking some very direct questions on that. What's interesting is that I think everyone understands that the answer is, well, you know, yes, I can. Um, uh, but but uh, not everyone uh, initially seems to respond as positively as I think they should. And, you know, that's one of the, th- the things that we discuss. And I make clear to them that, you know, in the military, um, it's it's extremely diverse. Um, and in fact, the averages for Caucasians are lower than in in society and the averages for Latinos, um, and, uh, African-Americans are higher. Um, and so you're definitely working in a diverse environment. And if, if you're not comfortable with that, this isn't, this isn't the profession for you. Um, so we talk about that and, and I think they, they get that for the most part because some of them, in fact, one young man, um, I, I, uh, was prepping recently. I, I brought this topic up with him and he said, you know, he said, I, I, I grew up in the suburbs of Spokane, Washington. It's just all white and, and very religious. Um, until I moved down, uh, he's in his first year in San Diego and until I went down there, I didn't really work with a diverse group of people, but it's, 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 I love it. He says, I'm learning so much more, you know, right. um, d- the, these extra influences of culture and religion. He says, it's making me a better person. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, that's the answer. <laughs> you know, if you're asked that, make sure this is the story that you tell. Yeah. And it's, um, 
<clears throat> hopefully, um, you know, someone who maybe doesn't grow up in a diverse environment mm -hmm. can maybe have an experience uh, that they've done uh, that maybe yes. uh, is it makes them have a diverse environment uh, experience. Right. And oftentimes that happens like if they go to a summer camp yep. or some sort of summer experience, you know, that's uh, or, or a model UN or a model Congress. Um, a couple of the people I talked to had that same just what you're talking about. They didn't come from a very diverse area, but when they would go to these uh, model Congress or, or model uh, UN in, in this state, or if they were in sports and they would compete um, around the county or around the state, that's where they got their in, um, influence uh, from diverse groups. Yeah, uh, exactly. And then, you know, one of the other things that I, all about the diversity that I uh, try to point out to them is if, you know, if they're deployed to another part of the world, you know, having some sort of understanding of diversity and at least respect for right. you know, other people's religion or other people's point of view can also uh, help you interact with, um, you know, with foreign partners uh, or, you know, or, you know, whoever you're we're working with. And so the diversity, <clears throat> it, you know, is certainly more than just, you know, the force itself, but, you know, right. the, the, you know, deployments that, that, you know, they're likely going to go on as a, uh, as an American service person. Yeah. And, and, and I, that, that's, that's good. That's something I haven't really brought up with them. Um, but you know, it gets back to the, the old, uh, ugly American, right. Uh, that famous book from, uh, from what the fifties or the sixties and you and I, Rob, I know we've both served overseas and a few places together. And, um, you know, that's something that we're always briefed in advance before you go into an, a, a new country. Here's the cultural norms. Here's the do's and the don'ts. And we're very, you know, we're very cognizant of those when we're going in there and very careful not to be the ugly American, but, uh, you know, to be the positive American ambassador. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, I mean, Lee, we've covered a lot here today. And, you know, I would certainly uh, recommend uh, to anybody to also listen to our other uh, our other interview that was on the ROTC uh, scholarship podcast, where we kind of went into similar uh, kind of uh, discussion. But we also, uh, you know, but we really didn't cover the service academies or congressional right. uh, nominations uh, in that interview. And then, you know, this is really an update based on kind of an, on another year of your, your and my experience, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, with this. But, uh, you know, if you had to give uh, two or three, you know, final uh, thoughts about, uh, you know, uh, you know, or maybe a recap of two or three mm -hmm. of the big, big items that takeaways from here, what would they be? Well, first of all, uh, be professional, be courteous, and um, make sure that your answers are full and complete answers mm -hmm. that showcase the key parts that they're looking for. Listen to the questions um, and don't get off track. And make sure you answer the question, but you answer it clearly and, and fully. Um, make sure that not just your verbal communications, but your visual communication is 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 right on on track um you know make sure you 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 look good you're not fidgeting you're looking into the camera as much as possible which is their eyes and um especially for the whether it's the academy or the congressional make sure you you prepare yourself by uh um, keeping up with current events staying yeah. on top of that and and i think i, I think those few things are are the keys to to a success 
Yeah, and I'd say practice, practice, practice. Yeah. You know, to practice. You know, with uh, with another person mm-hmm. that can critique you and kind of work on that. I'd say you know become knowledgeable of the profession you're going into. Uh, you know, yeah. if you're interviewing for Amazon and someone asks you about the challenges of Amazon, you don't know what Am- right. that you know Amazon is a retailer. It's a similar <laughs> to not knowing yeah. that you know what you you know are going into in the military. So the knowledge practice and i can't think of a third one i think you covered them well i think you covered the rest of them yeah yeah no um but that's that that's right is uh yeah yeah any interview you go into and you know i've done several in corporate america and you know they want to know what you know about that business and that's one of the first questions that uh these folks are going to ask you is why do you want to be um uh an, an army officer and what can you tell me about the army? Uh, and what have you done to learn about the army? So you've got to do your research for whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, Lee. Well, thank thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you know, today and talking to uh, you know listeners. I know that uh, I certainly appreciate all of your insights, and I know you get a kick out of helping you know these young Americans as I do. And uh, I know that we're excited in the future about doing the same. So. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So just again, you know, as a plug for what we do, both Lee and I, you know, have been doing this for a number of years. We help uh, people applying for the service academies as well as ROTCs to kind of get give them that uh, uh, great step forward with the interviews so that uh, and other things, of course, that that, uh, that we help. Uh, candidates with, but uh, it, it can make a huge difference. And, you know, we've seen it over the last several years. So uh, I know both uh, Lee and I are looking forward to working uh, with uh, more candidates in the future as they try to navigate uh, the application process to get uh, eventually get a, a appointment to a service academy and a commission in the uh, service of their choice. So uh, thanks again, Lee, for uh, coming coming on today. Well, thank you, Rob. I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, I think this is so exciting. And and, uh, and knowing that both of us, as retired uh, military officers, that we're helping to prepare the next uh, generation or two for success. Yep, doesn't get any better than that. That's right. <laughs> You've reached the end of another episode of the Gain Service Academy Admission Podcast. Connect with us at gainserviceacademyadmission.com. Love this episode of the podcast? Head over to iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you listen to to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.